his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome in, uh... BMS and Beamer here on WBEN. Joe's uh, Joe's going to be in here uh, about an hour from right now. Uh, he's filling in for David today, so just me hanging out with you on WBEN. I'm just uh, I'm getting these texts. It's this is a continuing segment here on BMS and Beamer. It's BMS and Beamer versus the New York State Thruway Authority, Part Twelve. Right, I'm, I'm getting uh, text messages from uh, people before I begin this morning. And this is, this is not what I want to talk about today, but I cannot help but getting fired up over this. Um, <laughs> this person sent me a text message about EasyPass. Who, and this, this same thing happened to me uh, years ago, and this is why I, I was in EasyPass limbo and uh, limbo with the Thruway Authority for years and years and years. He said he got an alert. He has a low balance that he can be fined $100. And he said, low balance. I have $10 in an account that I use for a toll once a week. Somehow that's a low balance. You can get $100 fine for having more than enough money to pay for your tolls, right? Um, that's, I, that's how it goes. And he also said something that I, I think there was a story on TV earlier this week. People in the South Towns being overcharged for their tolls, going through uh, the Hamburg tolls. Right, being charged, it's supposed to be like an 18 cent toll and ends up being like three dollars or something, even with the easy pass that's supposed to have you not pay the additional uh toll and they're still being charged. That he sent me too that uh, he's getting charged. It's same is true for up north over the Grand Island Bridge, should be like 90 cents, it's a dollar 24, even with the easy pass. So, just the latest chapter, Beamaz and Beamer are <laughs> continuing battle. With Easy Pass in the United States, uh, United States, New York State, Thruway Authority, uh, the latest thing. But, anyways, 
How's everybody feeling out there? You can uh, let me know how you feel. 803-0930 throughout the rest of the morning and uh, on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or give us a call. That number, 803-0930. It's, it does feel a little bit to me. I know we talked about back to normal yesterday. Uh, today, it does feel a little bit different after some of the changes that we saw yesterday. All these outdoor event venues saying, all right, that proof of vaccination we were talking about, that's off. Now now that we don't have these restrictions, Taste of Buffalo, some of these things are back um, 100% capacity, and it's uh, fewer and fewer events that you have to worry about. Well, what do I need this, that, uh, and things like that. So that was one thing earlier in the day. And then later in the day, we heard from the Buffalo School Superintendent, Kreiner Cash, who said, in, in a turn of events said that we need our children back in school, which has not been his tone throughout uh, much of the last year plus. Uh, we must get our students back, was the quote from Buffalo's superintendent, Kreiner Cash. Uh, now is the time to get our students back in school in person five days a week. Well, too late for this school year, of course, with only a week or so remaining, but for next school year in September. And that, to me, signaled something in my mind. I was feeling a little bit better this morning about the return to normal because that was, I mean, that's been the holdout, right? That's been the district that's been, uh, if not the slowest, but among the slowest to return to the classroom, to get kids back in a routine, to get them back on schedule, back to school where we're hoping everyone is. That was the slowest moving and the largest local district and them still having this question of what's going to happen next year. And I think a lot of people did have that question based on how this year was handled. Them coming out yesterday and saying, no, we're going back to school. And that remote learning that we talked about a few weeks ago, that's only going to be for people who have a um, legit medical reason why they should not be in a school setting. That, to me, triggered the, okay, now this is more of a reopening, right? This is one of the things that we were worried about. This is one of the things that has still kind of stuck. Like, well, what what is school going to look like? What's it going to look like for our kids? Can you really say things are back to normal when they're not normal for our kids? When we talk about September as more of a certainty of being back in school, I think that, in my mind at least, kind of triggered. And I'm feeling a little bit better about the whole situation today after that announcement from Buffalo Schools yesterday. You can, of course, read more at WBEN.com. But still, we know things aren't back 100% to normal, right? There's still a few things that are slowly easing in. And I know the return to work for a lot of people is especially office. I think mainly office workers, right? Because everyone else is uh, is back at work. If you work for the highway department, you've been working this entire time. If you... Uh, some people here have been going to work this entire time throughout the uh, entire pandemic. You work at a grocery store. You work at, you know, who knows what, a bank, uh, any of these places. You've been going into work physically the entire uh, year. And I'm sure you're sick of hearing about people saying, well, I don't know if we're going back to work. Uh, you know, some, you're probably listening to all these people complaining about when we're going back to work, thinking about going back to work and saying, what's the big problem here? I've been I've been going to work every single day. Let's get to it. But for many people living in an office, it's still that question. Are we still doing remote? Am I going back to work? And I'm wondering if that conversation is changing now for you that we have this broad scale reopening across New York State. 
I mean, there's no longer state restrictions or anything like that to kind of lean on as a reason to not be back in work. And does that change the conversation at all? And then I saw this, this uh, headline taken from the Daily Mail out in the UK. It's actually about a New York City company. But it's the CEO of Morgan Stanley. He wants his New York City staff back in the office full-time by Labor Day. Anyone who does not return by Labor Day could face a salary cut. So, so far, they haven't mandated that anyone come back full-time. But that might change if people refuse to head back to the office. He said those who have left New York City for... Um, you know, cheaper places to live elsewhere around the country, thinking they're going to work remotely, can expect pay cuts if they do want to continue to work remotely. Uh, He said the situation in New York City with COVID restrictions lifted is unlike other offices he has in the world. He's not going to mandate staff be vaccinated, but says about 90% of those who have come back are vaccinated. That shouldn't be that much of a problem. Um, only about 21% of people so far in New York City have actually gone back to the office. You uh, contrast that to areas of Texas, it's about 50%, which still is not high. When you think about how long they've been open for and how businesses have been operating, I think, more normal there than around the country, cities like Austin, Dallas, and throughout Texas, they're still at 50%. So they're still not all the way there, but uh, it's still over twice. 21% is the rough number in New York City. So he wants people back by Labor Day. And I thought this quote really kind of sums up the argument in its entirety, right? He said, if you can go out to eat, you can come back to work. And that's Gorman, the Morgan Stanley CEO, right? James Gorman, that is... I think that's the argument for employers. Listen, the reason you weren't in the office had nothing to do with work itself. The reason you weren't in the office was for this public safety rationale. That was the reason everyone was pushed out away. So now that this is gone, and if you feel comfortable doing things like going out to eat, and by the way, I know you do because I see the pictures of you doing so on social media 24-7. If you're going out to eat, if you're uh, doing you know, your uh, rec league softball, if you're doing this, you're doing that, then the safety rationale for you not being in the office is pretty much gone. You can come back to work. And that's the rationale there. I think it makes complete sense. And maybe that's me. I also think, you know, uh, speaking to me, if I was in that position, if I was like an office boss, what do you call it? Like a manager or something? Like, I don't know what to call that uh, person or position. I, I don't think I would be a very good one. I think I'd be a little too demanding of people. Um, and people get annoyed at me very quickly. So that's why I don't see myself in that position. But I, I would have that attitude. Listen, you can go out to eat. You can come back to work. Get in here. <laughs> you know What are you doing? Now, that's not true for everybody, right? People can be more productive outside of the office. And it's totally true. And I've seen a little bit of that. I wasn't here uh, full time. There was uh, two or three months almost when I was out of here before I came back into the office work full time. I've been here for uh, almost a year straight now. I've been back after leaving those initial uh, few months 
just because no one knew what was really going on. When the picture became more clear, all right, let's head back to, to work because I, I like being in work. You need to be at work to be able to do it full-time, at least for this job. But I did notice some things where when you don't have some of the distractions, you know, there's uh, duties you have after you get off the air. Those were done way quicker because, you know, I'm not the distraction here, a conversation there. You're not sidetracked by something else. So I do see the argument of people being more productive when you're outside of the office. Maybe you're able to hone in a little bit more. You're able to accomplish, depending on what your work is. I'm assuming it's on a computer if you're working at home. You're able to uh, focus just a little bit more without some outside distractions, even though my home for me would be a total distraction every single day. And not just the wife and kid, but everything there, you know, the TV, the couch, the bed. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go take a nap. I don't know if it would uh, work for me 100% full time. But I do see how people can be more productive. But what I've noticed in conversations online specifically is people like to generalize, right? So if they're more productive, they kind of assume that everyone can be more productive outside of the office. Let's be very clear. Not everybody is more productive outside of the office, right? That that is not true for everyone. What's true for some is not true for everyone. Maybe it's 50-50. Maybe 75% of people are more, um, you know, apt to be productive outside of the workplace setting. Um, You know, I... I wonder what that percentage is. I don't know if there's a really good study on that that's been conducted. Somebody chiming in, uh, 803-0930 on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. You can also give us a call. At work, there's much more socializing and distractions than at home. Um, You know, all the conversations that you get caught on, the annoying ones, the personal interaction, the time wasters at work is what this person is pointing out on our text board. And, yeah, I I totally get that. And that would kind of cut down the amount of uh, waste, so to speak. Also, you can't take your uh, desktop computer at work into the bathroom with you the way you can at home. And that you probably are a little more productive there, too, right? Um, I, <laughs> I know certain companies that you got to clock in, clock out when you take that break. Uh, you wouldn't have to at home necessarily because you could uh, keep it all doing, right? So I, I do think there are some people who can be more productive. But you're kidding yourself if you say that's everybody, right? So I, I'm, I think half the people who say they're more productive outside of work actually aren't. And they're just kidding themselves or they're kidding somebody else. I think it's more like half the people who say they're more productive outside the office. I th- and this is maybe my uh, attitude and representation of what I said a few minutes ago of how I don't think I'd be necessarily uh, the world's best boss or certainly uh, not everyone's favorite. I think it's more like, um, well, you usually don't do a lot of work, and now you're not doing a lot of work, but you're at home where you can take a nap, and you think you're being more productive because uh, you think you're working these long hours at work, but actually you're not. You're only doing, you know, four hours of work in an eight-hour day, killing time the rest of the time. But now that you're killing time as a nap, it seems like, wow, I'm working way less, accomplishing just the same. I must be so much more productive. Eh, maybe you're just not productive at all. <laughs> and you're just taking naps, and it seems that way. I don't know. That, that's, that's the pessimistic mindset of going back and uh, how people might look at it. But that's just me. That's, again, that's, uh, I, I share the mindset of if you feel comfortable going out to grab a bite to eat, I think you are probably more than comfortable enough returning to the office where 
I'm sure most of these places have, you know, their health protocols. There's not as many people. It's maybe a little distant. I don't know. Maybe meetings are a, a little bit different. So I I kind of stand with the uh, comment by James Gorman and wondering what different rules are around because I kind of thought and I do think that most places and this from conversations I've had with other people it's September seems to be and even this you know uh, that quote if you can go out to eat you can go back to the office he's still saying Labor Day is kind of the cutoff day when he's hoping everyone comes back and I kind of am seeing that hearing that all around like September is when most people are expected back But I don't think that necessarily needs to be the case. And I'm wondering if those plans have switched at all because of the announcements that the state made over the past couple of days, right? That uh, everything's back up and open. You're going to be going to the Taste of Buffalo at 100% capacity. Uh, Maybe you're out at a Blue Jays game right now in the uh, sections where they actually allow people to go in. Uh, You could be uh, at an art park concert. No uh, restrictions over there. The marathon gathering, uh, all these different events are going on. It just seems a little bit more strange, right, to have an office say, well, you can't really come back to work just yet when everything else is happening at the same time. If you're in a packed restaurant on a Tuesday night, but you're saying, well, I don't feel comfortable heading back to work on a Wednesday morning, I don't know. Is that really a reason? Again, you know, maybe there's people that are more productive. Maybe those people should, uh, if you actually are more productive, there's a way to uh, measure that. You know, maybe staying home is for you. Although I would 100% miss, you know, the other aspects of it. Not seeing anybody, not leaving your house. That is the, uh, personally speaking, that's what got me, I think, for only a few months. That was, I can't imagine over a year being inside the house every single day. But it just took a few months for me to be like, all right, I need to move. It's not that I dislike being at home. It's not that I dislike the faces that I'm seeing every day. But you kind of got to get out a little bit and feel like you're doing something instead of just uh, wasting away. But that, you know, again, that's just me. But what do you think? 803-0930, you can continue to weigh in our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, The comment from Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman saying he expects all New York City staff to return full-time to the company's Times Square home office by Labor Day. If they don't, they might face salary cuts if you can go out to eat you can come back to work that was his uh, word right there and I'm also uh, you know today thinking about there was a soccer game last night that I did not watch and I'm I'm almost to the breaking point when it comes to this particular team who I love watching in the past but I I don't know how much more I'm going to be able to take I might have to uh, sound like one of these people who boycotts a sporting event and I don't. I I might reach my breaking point coming up at some point in the next uh, half hour or so. It's 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 bubbling up to that point uh, as of right now. And on the throughway, uh, you know, somebody uh, chiming in on our text board. New York State Thruway Authority informed me I owe over three thousand dollars in fees uh, from 2018. If I don't pay it, it will go to a credit bureau, affect my credit. I think mine went to a credit. Uh, company. It wasn't that much. It wasn't $3,000 that they were trying to uh, charge me, but it didn't impact my credit 
all that much. Um, somebody else saying on the work, uh, work at a major bank, it's been horrible. Enough is enough. The madness needs to stop of getting back to work. I can imagine if you are some of the people who head back to work, and it might feel like being at home because there's nobody there joining you. Let us know, 803-0930. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. It's BMAS and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. BMAS and Beamer. Brian Bezrowski here with you, uh, hanging out for the next half hour or so. Uh, Joe Beamer is coming up next. Uh, we're talking, and on the uh, tolls, somebody is chiming in right now on the text board, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 803-0930 there, or a call in uh, saying, we drove from Alden to Oklahoma City in a rental. I don't have a way to contact the thruway people. Uh, he, he said, what's the number on the signs? They put up all these signs. Hey, call us. Don't you, know, you can get your license suspended. I love that the welcome to New York sign has basically been replaced by, hey, uh, this is everything you need to know about our tolls. We'll suspend your license if you don't pay us. I, if you want my advice, I just uh, don't worry about it until they come calling you. But if you're looking for that number, oh, it is 333-TOLL. It's 1-800-333-8655. Um, and enjoy. Please call whoever uh, that is who just texted us in. 1-800-333-TOLL. And let us know how your experience went. I'll be your customer service representative on the other side of that uh, phone call. <laughs> I am eager and waiting to hear that. Um, and on uh, the return to work, which we talked a lot about in the first half hour, I, the there is one thing I I'm not I feel like I sound like a total uh, against working remotely entirely. I just think we're past the point where it needs to happen all the time, and there are a lot of benefits that you might realize once you get back to the office of actually being in person with other people, working together, being more collaborative and not just collaborative on a video conference. Cause I don't think that's the same thing. I do think there's a lot of benefits to getting back. And you know, like the CEO of Morgan Stanley said, if you can go out to eat, you can come back to work. Right. I, I kind of think that's the general consensus, but I will say this. I mean, there are, I think days where working remotely you know, a day here or there is uh, serves a lot of benefit to both. You know, say you you're getting away on a vacation or a long weekend or something, and you want to work remotely that Monday you come back or, or the Friday before you leave. I I think there there's probably a lot more you can probably accomplish a lot more when you're not worried about uh, getting into the office, getting out of the office. I gotta go, gotta hurry up, do this, do that. I mean. There's a lot of benefits to that on a you know part-time level. And I'll even say for myself, I do think there is space for a remote work. Like if you took a month to work remotely out of a year, you know, everyone gets one month where you're still working, but you can do it from a remote level. I think that would be a nice refresher for everybody. I think you enjoy your time a little bit more. It's a change of pace for me. I loved in the spring and summer months, you know, I was working in my office with a window that opened. You know, um, thank you, Window Factory Outlet, right? The window opens, and it was just nice to have that blast of fresh spring air. That kind of gave me a little bit of a jolt in the morning. I was ready to go. And, you know, here you don't necessarily have that, you know, fresh air that I, I like. 
So that was nice to have that month of change of pace. But then, you know, it's time to come back and get right back into the swing of things. But it's like a little refresher month. Where it's not a month's vacation, but a little change of venue. I feel like we can always, uh, right, you know, enjoy that a little bit. I don't think that's, uh, you know, too crazy. But it's a full-time work from home. If you're not more productive from home and you're still using, well, I'm not comfortable going back to the office as an excuse when there's photos on Facebook of you at every restaurant in town and some out of town on the beach somewhere, you know, uh, maybe uh, your boss is right to question your motivation. (laughs) That just maybe. Just maybe it's time to come back the other way around. I've, um, I think I've reached my breaking point when it comes to something I love very dearly. And uh, if you know me, you know I love. Uh, I'm a big soccer fan, and I love watching uh, U.S. soccer games. But I think I've, I've hit the, I've hit the point where I'm, I'm on like my own personal boycott, I'm my own personal boycott of the U.S. women's soccer team, who. I loved it. I had so much fun watching that. I don't, I can't handle it anymore because I turn into, I sound like one of my uncles or like my grandfather, you know, watching TV and just like muttering uh, like swear words under my breath or something. That's, that's what I feel like when I watch that. There was a game last night, didn't watch, didn't, you know, not paying attention to any of it. It's, uh, I, I think I'm over and done after another round of news of what came out. This is uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation president. And if you've been paying attention to this at all, and you don't even need to pay attention because it makes the news, and this is what makes the headlines of all the national news show, they've been less about soccer and more about the fight for equal pay uh, for the U.S. women's soccer team. That's been their big rallying call over the past several years. And that's every time you hear about it, you hear about the fight for equal pay, uh, right? Um, uh, right after whatever game they were playing in. Well, this another new wrinkle in this. Um, the new president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, Cindy Parlo-Cohn, saying this week, uh, with regard to their equal pay lawsuit filed by players on the women's national team, she said, asking the U.S. Soccer Federation to make up the difference in FIFA prize money is untenable, would likely bankrupt the federation. Because basically what the women's team wants is for U.S. soccer to pay them for a discrepancy in prize money for winning the World Cup between the men and the women. So basically what FIFA pays out to the men, the men's team that wins the World Cup gets, um, I think it's around $50 million went to the winner last time around. And it's much less that they hand out to the winner of the women's World Cup. Now why? Well... One makes a lot more money than the other. Um, we'll start there. But it, it's not, they're not asking FIFA. I'm sure they are asking them. But they're not asking the organization that actually hands out this money. They're asking the U.S. to make up the difference in money they don't have. It, to put it in other terms, it's as if you know the team that wins the Super Bowl, you get a little bit of a bonus in your check. And it's as if you know the... Uh, Las Vegas Gamblers or whoever in the XFL won the XFL championship and then all of a sudden went to the league and said, well, hey, you know, the Tom Brady got this much money for winning the Super Bowl. I want as much money as Tom Brady got. 
we play the same sport. We won the championship, right? So I, I want as much money. And then the XFL comes back and says, well, we would love to pay you, you know, all the money in the world. But if we paid you that amount of money, our entire operation would go bankrupt. <laughs> and so that's why we can't do it. And that's the argument now. But it's just this ongoing uh, battle. And it has nothing to do with athlete activism because I have no problem with that. No matter who you are. I think it's great. We should all be so lucky to have a platform like some of these pro athletes do to take a cause that you're passionate about, no matter what that might be, and bring it to a national stage, help raise awareness and money for something that might not have otherwise have gotten the attention. Whether you're Colin Kaepernick, whether you're Lewis Hamilton in F1 racing, whether, I mean, anyone in between. You can point to almost anyone. They're tied with some sort of charity or cause that you're, you're trying to use your platform to bring a, a better voice. And that's great. I mean, that's uh, there's nothing better than that. Like I said, we can all wish to do that. We all have causes that are near and dear to us. And if we had the power to you, you know, bring millions and millions of eyeballs and dollars to that, uh, you would hope that you would. But this is this is separate from that. I think it gets tied in a little bit too much. This is deceiving the people, deceiving the public to turn your back on something I really love, which is U.S. soccer. I mean, they've really badmouthed the name. Whenever I bring up U.S. soccer or the men's team to somebody, it's people act like they know exactly what's going on, and it's always some comment of, oh, the women's team's way better. The men's team's trash. Uh, the women's team doesn't get paid, right? That's that's the public perception. They're certainly winning in the court of public opinion. They've really dragged the name of U.S. soccer through the mud over the past few years, and it's undeservedly so. The headline is always equal pay, but if you look a little further as to what's going on behind the scenes, it's really not about that at all. This goes back to May of last year, where a U.S. District Court judge, Gary Klausner, ruled that the women who are claiming that they're not being paid equally, they rejected a pay-to-play structure that was similar to the men's agreement. They accepted, in their collective bargaining, a greater base salary and benefits than the men got, basically saying, we want guaranteed money that the men don't get, a greater security in our payments and, you know, the men might get a higher payout if they make the team all the time and perform well, but uh, we want to err more on the side of ensuring we're all making a good amount of money on a consistent basis. Uh, the judge said his decision that the players haven't demonstrated a triable issue that women's players are paid less than men's players. So while the claim is equal pay, right? A judge says, well, you cannot give me one example of where you were paid less uh, in violation of the law than men's players. He said the differences in payment were the result of choices made by the women's players and their union that includes guaranteed annual salaries of at least $100,000 for 20 different players. And it wasn't because of discrimination by the Federation. The players rejected the exact same type of contract that the men got early in the negotiations in 2016. In later negotiations, the women's players offered counterproposals with lesser bonuses 
than the federations offer in exchange for more contracted players, higher base salaries that are benefits the men don't get in their payments. It's, it's a completely different agreement. And then the judge put forward this. From 2015 to 2019, which is the period in question, the women's national team averaged 220 plus thousand per game in total payments, a total of $24.5 million in that period. The men's national team averaged a total of $18.5 million. And those figures don't include compensation that women's players receive from U.S. soccer in order to play in their club leagues for their teams. So while they're claiming equal pay, in that four-year period, they were paid more and then a little more. And they're still saying they're not being paid quite as much. And what is the impact that's happening? Well, just this week, a group of Senate Democrats introducing a bill that intends to block funding for the 2026 World Cup unless the U.S. women's national soccer team receives equal pay. The bill calls for prohibiting the use of funds for the 2026 World Cup until the U.S. Soccer Federation provides equitable pay to members of the women's national team and men's national team. What? It's, again, public opinion. They've won the battle of public opinion, right? Because if you look at any numbers, if you look at what a federal judge said, if you look at the basis of the argument, how can you even say that? What does equal pay even mean in this scenario? Because if equal pay means equal pay, then I, I guess we're paying, we should be paying the women's team a little bit less because they're making more. Or we should be paying the men's team a little bit more over that period. Or we should go back and tell them, I know you rejected this idea that you're going to be paid this way, right? But we're going to reverse that and give you exactly what you didn't want, right? And, and, and do that instead. Because you want equal pay, so why did you reject this in the first place? I, it's, it's reached that level of misunderstanding. And then, of course, you have Megan Rapino, the star player, who gets to come out on equal payday and tell the world and have every camera and say that she's paid less than the men after that's proven not to be true and no one pushes back at all. And then it's just accepted as fact and now, the latest is, she says when she pulls on her U.S. jersey, she's not thinking of U.S. soccer. She's not pulling on that U.S. jersey because she's proud to play for the U.S., because she's happy to. But she's thinking of, it's her side's ongoing legal case to secure equal pay. So that's why she puts on that jersey every day. And I just, at what point is enough enough on that? It's almost as if, uh, let's, you know, Patrick Mahomes, sure, he does great things. He helps your team win games. But every time he gets in front of a microphone, if he were to say, you know what, I just cannot stand the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't, I, I put on that uh, Chiefs jersey and helmet, and I don't even like doing it. I don't like playing for them. I don't, you know, I don't care at all about that, right? I'm doing it for my own well-being. I can't stand the Chiefs. I wish I didn't have to play for them. They treat me terribly. I mean, at some point, you get sick of it. And I can't believe we haven't reached that point here yet, where at some point it's, can we find someone else? I I think we can. You know, if you really hate playing here so bad, 
you don't have to. And, and you can move on somewhere else. And like I said, this has nothing to do with player activism, which I think is a great thing, no matter what the issue is. If it's important to you, you have the platform, go to it. But they've dragged an entire thing that I care about a lot. And it's not just its not just like the Sabres crest. It's not just like a Bills logo. It's not just the team thing that you care about a lot. It also says USA right on the badge, right? And they're dragging the whole thing through the mud. And for some reason that I, I can't understand, uh, th- well, I can't understand because no one's taken the effort to actually look into what they're arguing for. Everyone seems to be on their side. And I last night I, I just reached the the breaking point with it. I just you know I'm I'm done. I can't until this all stops. I I'm I'm stopping. I <laughs> I I don't want to, but I, I don't want to turn into that person who's watching things and not enjoying it, and you know muttering under your breath and just constantly annoyed by what's really misinformation that's out there. And I I don't know. I need to get that off my chest because it, it's it was insane to me to again read these headlines and then to hear somebody saying you know I I don't even think about the U. I, I don't like to think about the U.S. when I pull on that jersey I'm not thinking of U.S. soccer I'm thinking of you know my legal fight to ensure equal pay that was struck down by a federal judge who said there's no triable issue but no one no one likes to bring that up anyways that's there's my little <laughs> that's what's been bugging me all week long I hope I hope I'm back I'm hope this gets uh, resolved and they, you know, kind of come to their senses here and say, yeah, maybe we shouldn't bash. I mean, what other industry can you just constantly bash who you work for day in and day out publicly, right? And just continue to work it. Obviously, you can't do anything if you're U.S. soccer. You tell the players to get off the team, and then you're even in worse in the uh, court of public opinion, so to speak, right? And not to mention, she also said in that interview uh, where we play to sell out crowds, the men don't, you know, okay, whatever. Men played to a crowd of about 20,000, near 40,000 people uh, last week. Uh, Women's team, uh, 4,000 for their uh, latest uh, run of games. But, you know, let's ignore all facts. We'll just take every single quote as if it's fact. It will run it, and then we'll continue to blast, you know, this entire organization put them on blast they've been on their heels for years because of this and I don't think it's deservedly so I I just don't I and I'm glad that they're they're respecting people's opinions in U.S. soccer but still keeping their feet dug in a little bit and not completely budging when somebody says something that's it's it's not true it's misleading and it's I, I mean it's just it's a, and this has nothing to do with you take a knee, you can lay down, you can do I, I none of that bothers me. I support that all. This is strictly this I mean public bashing over and over and over again and it just came back this week and the, I, this is when I threw in the white flag. I don't know when anybody else did. Uh, one more beam as and beamer against the throughway authority somebody chiming in look at your easy pass monthly statement. There's a phone number to call for customer service two overpriced charges between Lackawanna and Blaisdell. That's what a lot of people are seeing. Look on, I'm getting all these texts about the Grand Island Bridge too. You might be overcharged just a little bit going over the Grand Island Bridge. And it's just enough where you might not notice it, right, on the final bill. Like, yeah, you look at it, oh, that seems about right. Oh, no, actually, you were charged like 50% more than you should have. Is it worth spending two hours on hold? That's, <laughs> that's your next big question to answer, right? Uh, Joe Beamer's coming up next. 
and he'll be back with me here tomorrow where we're talking weddings because I'm performing a wedding. That's why I had to get all this off my chest because you don't want it mid-ceremony this upcoming Saturday, right? We're talking weddings tomorrow. It's 9.56. Beamez and Beamer on WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.